got? It's 7.30. So figure we've got All 20 right, minutes. About 20 minutes. Okay. What do we want to call this? It's called CRM Players, P-L-A-Y-A-Z. That's the actual players. All right, copy that. This is take one of Slate. Now that was new <laughs> for us. Okay, hey, I'm Brent Leary. I'm Paul Greenberg. We're the CRM players, and for like the 20 millionth consecutive week, we're in Vegas. Oh, God, how did that happen? I, I have to leave, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm going. Actually, we're in a secret X-Men conclave. I know, the way you're looking right now, there's like mics upon mics upon mics. But we are in Vegas, we're here for Outperform. I like this, pros annual conference. They moved it to Vegas, and if you have to come to Vegas, the Aria is the place to come to, right? Yeah, it's actually arguably the nicest hotel in Vegas, although many will argue uh, to win, which I totally disagree no, with. No, I told you I'd rename that to lose after the last <laughs> time I was there. All right, so not only are we here in Vegas, and we're going to talk about data science and AI and all these things, and who else would we want to talk to than Dr. Michael Wu, who is, what's your official title here at Pros? I'm the chief AI strategist. The chief AI, now that's, we always talk to people with really cool titles. That, yeah. That's among the coolest, right? What's the acronym for that? C-A-I-S, <laughs> C-A-I-S, K's, C-A, we'll have to figure that one out. Well, we'll, we'll work figure on it out, we'll work on it. But hey, thanks for joining us, man. Pleasure, yeah. All um, right, I got a question. Yeah. Your fashion sense. You always <laughs> sport the cool cap. Give us the origin story for why you oh sport the cool cat. Okay, so this is uh, all credits goes to my wife. <laughs> so uh, the story really is it happens that um, after I kind of gone from academia to industry, I literally have no sense of fashion. <laughs> I, I literally just like you know t-shirt with jeans and just you no. Know, I I'm an engineer. I started out as an engineer, you know, like and have, don't have to see any customer or go out at all. <laughs> don't have to be, I don't even have to leave my chair for like <laughs> just a whole day. <laughs> and then, uh, so I don't need to have any, uh, you know, like fashion sense. And, and then, but, um, you know, thanks to Paul and among others who, you know, discover uh, my work and, and I think I got a lot more requests external, mm -hmm. externally. And, and then that's kind of when my wife uh, starts to say that, you know, now you're starting to go out, you know, <laughs> You can't just dress like a nerd as you <laughs> as you were, you know, in college and, and doing your PhD. So, so she started out, you know, basically shopping for me and designing this look for me. She literally tried on like I think twenty different kinds of hat, you wow. know, and probably over like um, I think the actual number twenty different kinds, but I think the actual number of hat we actually tried on is probably up in a hundred. Oh my yeah, god, about hundred, yeah, different. Kinds. Yeah, and then eventually, yeah, this was this was not the last one, but she actually eventually came back to this Kango style. Hat. <laughs> What's it called? It's, it's a, a Kango. 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 Yeah. yeah. Well, I know nothing about hats. Yeah. See, I was hoping that the origin story had some data analytics, nah. some AI involved, but it was good old-fashioned human wyvery coming yeah. in to, to, to <laughs> set you straight here. Not a, none of that. I, one thing he's probably too much to tell you it became kind of a cult thing. Yeah. Like there was a, a at when he was at Lithium. Uh, they actually made, they gave out Michael Wu hats. Oh wow! Right to the audience. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I think that was, was a little eerie, you know. Like, <laughs> it was kind of weird. When you but look in the audience, you see like you know, seven hundred people wearing the hat <laughs> and glasses. I know. You know, looking back at you, and it, 
It made it kind of hard to find you, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me know when uh, Pros does the Dr. Michael Wu bobblehead night with the cool cap on. Because I definitely want one of those. It has to have a removable cap, though. <laughs> definitely let you know. <laughs> All right, so here's the thing. You know, you're a chief AI strategist, scientist. You've been a data scientist. You, you're one of the few people on the planet who actually understands the difference between AI and machine learning. Um, you're, <laughs> you're literally one of the few people who can actually explain AI to a human being as opposed to another data scientist, right? So, uh, <laughs> I mean, when I first heard somebody go, AI, I'd go, hey, you what, right? <laughs> I, I was like, they didn't finish a sentence to me. I thought they were just asking, about to tell me something about themselves. But then I found out it actually stood for artificial intelligence had been around for quite a while. So for the ordinary human being, what is AI? What's the difference between machine learning? And how actually does it, realistically, what are the actual benefits of it, as opposed to all the hype mm. you hear all the time? Boy, that was, that's a long one. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so We're let out me, of time, I'm let sorry. Me, <laughs> yeah, one at a time, one at a time, of course. Um, so let me just talk a little bit about machine learning first, because I mean, that's uh, the foundation of it. Actually, everything goes back to big data, okay? Mm. So machine learning is really just a process of, I mean, uh, that um, you know, the data scientists do, right? And it's a process of turning data into a model, into some kind of algorithm, right? So you have some data, the data have some pattern in it, right? And you use machine learning is actually a bunch of uh, algorithms, and then you use those algorithms to, to uh, essentially pick out these patterns, right? And then you turn those into a model, mm -hmm. okay? So that's what machine learning really is, right? It, it's, it's both a noun and a verb, right? I mean, as, as a noun, it's, it's really just a bunch of algorithms that data scientists use. Okay, it should really be called machine learning algorithms, right? As a verb, it's really just a process that you know data scientists uh, perform, right, to turn data into a model. Okay, so that's machine learning, right? But what is AI? AI is, is actually much harder to define. I would say that you know because the definition of AI actually changes over time. It's actually been around for you know quite a while. You know, it's been around. I would say uh, you know 40, 50 years. You know, mm. like the concept of it, at least. You know, like the actual kind of, uh, you know, AI, actual inception of it, you know, building of it, is, is much more recent, of course. Mm. So over time, this concept of AI have actually changed quite a bit, you know, so, at, I, you know, the way I like to look at AI at this moment in time, you know, is really, it really is just a machine mimicry of some human behavior and human decisions. And when the machine can actually mimic something that humans do, right, that's, uh, then this consider artificial, it's kind of considered intelligent, okay? Um, but the, that's actually not sufficient by itself. I would say that there have to be two more criteria. Right? One is that it has to uh, be able to automate uh, decisions and actions, okay? So machine mimicry is a human behavior and decision that has two criteria. One is automation of decision and action. And the other one that a lot of people miss is that ability to learn and improve itself mm -hmm. usage, okay? So if you don't learn, then it's, it's, it could be intelligent, but it's, it stays there, <laughs> you know, it never gets improved. Right. It's not adaptive, right? So that's, that's kind of how I like to define AI. You know, it's a, it's a machine uh, kind of mimicry of human decision and behavior with the characteristic of one being able to automate decisions and actions and uh, the ability to learn and improve itself over time. What? So, What's so, the, oh, I was yeah. just going to say, what, yeah. what's the most irritating thing that people always seem to get mixed up or confused 
that you hear over and over and it just drives you crazy about this? Yeah, so this is, it has to do with an image that, you know, been circulating around on the internet for a long time. It's that image that, you know, says, oh, deep learning is a kind of machine learning and machine learning is a kind of AI. So very often I hear people say that, oh, machine learning is, it's a subset of AI and, and you know, and, and not vice versa. And I said, like, that's, it's just that picture is just like, it, it's, I don't, okay, so to give credit, you know, for the person, whoever it is who created <laughs> that image, you know, that picture, a little bit of credit. I mean, I would say that it's not completely wrong. I mean, machine learning, you know, is actually used in all pretty much modern AI, right? So, so it kind of makes sense to put machine learning inside AI, mm. right? But if you do that, basically, if you have this, this kind of Venn diagram, right? Uh, deep learning is a kind of machine learning. And if you, a machine learning is actually not a, a kind of AI, but is used in every AI, so it kind of makes sense to put them in there. But if you kind of just look at that picture, right? Uh, with the kind of concentric circles of deep learning in the innermost part, and then machine learning out and outside of that, and then outside of that is AI, right? Then it kind of, people very often kind of uh, come to the uh, wrong conclusion that Machine learning is actually a kind of AI, mm. which is actually not true. It's used in AI, but it's, it's not true. The, the one example that I could give, you know, that I will talk about later in the keynote, <laughs> is to make this really vivid, is that, you know, you can think of the, another example that's, that's, um, that's parallel to this, right, that everybody can understand, is that, uh, for example, V8 is a kind of engine, right? right? Everybody knows that V8 is a kind of engine. I thought it was vegetable juice. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's another kind of V8. <laughs> I actually drink that. <laughs> With all that salt? Oh uh, yeah, yeah it's pretty, pretty savory, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but apparently it has some, you know, I would say nutritional um, content that's okay. pretty good for us. <laughs> yeah. Different engine then. Yeah. So anyway, so V8 is a kind of engine, right? An engine is used in every car, right? right. So if you, so it kind of if you make that kind of mistake of saying that V8 is inside engine uh, inside a, a car right it was using every car right then if you look at look at that image right sometimes you could come to the wrong conclusion that the engine is actually a kind of car mm, which is ridiculous right, right? you right. know an engine is not yeah. a car right. right right so so that's the the one thing that kind of very often drive me crazy that people said that you know uh, you know machine learning is a it's kind of AI uh, AI is not not a kind of machine learning that that's it's it's not not quite true. So <laughs> let me let me throw another thing. This actually yeah. drives me crazy. To be honest, where people oh, are Yankees saying, losing? "No, they won." No, I said, I'm "What no. drives you crazy?" Two, no, <laughs> that, that's a whole other level of crazy, <laughs> right? So uh, the so a I always I'm always hearing you know the the constant story about the, the panic stories about AI substituting for humans, mm -hmm. blah blah blah. You know the uh, the sky the, the Skynet story. And the, the, but here's the here's the deal. From my standpoint, you said it, it's mimicry, yeah. meaning it's approximation, and it's the best it's ever going to be. Mm -hmm. It's never going to be a human being substitute. It can't be. It doesn't yep. create the way humans do. The uh, the chief data scientist of uh, or chief scientist of Salesforce, Richard Schorsch, I think his name is Schorsch. Schorsch. He actually made a comment once where he said, I, and I love this comment. He said, AI doesn't want anything. Yeah. Which is really a great way of putting it, which means you have to tell AI, go do that, and then it'll go do it and learn and do all mm -hmm. that thing, but it's not going to say, I'm going to go do that. Yeah. So is it first, is that true? Secondly, am I right to be irritated by that, uh, or should I get some AI to be irritated for me? Well, <laughs> I mean, I think this is, it's, it's 
true to an extent, I would say that you know, like AI. I mean, the most of the I would say machine learning and AI algorithm out there, uh, they operate on what we call optimizing some objective function, right. right? So depending on what you wanted to optimize, right, then it will find ways, you know, to optimize that whatever right. it is, right. So it's it's it's, a math, it's simply a mathematical algorithm that try to optimize something, right. So if you want to optimize cells, right, some people say that you know. Um, they've done experiments um, uh, to see what would, what would the machine do, right? When they actually try to optimize profit or something, uh, or if you're trying to optimize uh, winning a, a game like chess or something like that, what, what would they do, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so the very often that is when machine actually do something kind of out of what we expect them to do is that is usually because we have not specified the, the the boundary, the constraint, right? You need to optimize it, but we didn't tell them to optimize this like with certain constraint, right? I mean, machine could learn to cheat, but all they're trying to do is, is optimize, right? right. Mm. But, but they, they say, okay, you didn't tell me that I can, I can cheat. Right. I mean, I didn't know anything about cheating, right? So that, that's, um, but if you say that, okay, you have to optimize this under the constraint that you cannot do this, 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 and that, right? Then, then it, will, it will do it. It will follow that, but maybe you forgot a few things, right? That, and then, and then you, so it's, it's almost like a, a it's, think of how a children, a child would learn, right? How do how children learn, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you tell them that you know, like you know, um, uh, to to optimize something, right, or, or do do something, right? They're gonna try every way they can, and then you say like maybe you know, um, you know, maybe he, he wants to get an ice cream from his friend, and then <laughs> and then you know he, he tries to or he, he once one time he may try to like just just grab it you know by force, and it's like oh you can't do that, okay. And then next time I say, okay, I can't do that. Okay, can I steal it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, you can't do that either, right? And then so it's really an iterative learning process. So you have to kind of teach them like what are the boundaries, right? right? And then over time you will learn that okay, these is what these are what the acceptable boundaries, right? And you'll be coincide with our humans kind of acceptable boundaries, right? So All right. Um, so yesterday we had a little like an analyst meeting, I guess, with uh, Andres, and one of the things he said was. Yeah, modern sales organizations, currently they're optimized for, well, they focus on deal optimization. Mm -hmm. He says they really, it should be a transformation into optimizing customer experience. Mm -hmm. So how do, how do those two things fit together? That there's a lot of focus and a lot of, you know, right now on using data for optimizing things like deals. Yeah. But how does, how do, how do you do things around optimizing for experience with all this data that you have that's really focused on deal optimization. Yeah, I think if you only have data that's just actually focus on the deals, right, then it's, it's actually very hard. Right? Mm. So you need to actually collect other data, right? right. So, so obviously, it's very easy to envision a, uh, a scenario, right, where you optimize a deal, but, you know, people are poor customer experience, right? You just keep selling them stuff with stuff they don't want, keep sending them <laughs> catalogs of, of things that they, they already have, already <laughs> own, right? And, and then just bug the hell out of them, you know? <laughs> so, and you could do that, but then ultimately, you know, they're, you know, you are hurting your customer experience. In, in the longer run, it may actually hurt your deal, because mm -hmm. eventually customers are going to leave you, right? So, so this is kind of the, I would say, the time scale that people have to look at, right? I mean, over a short time scale, if you optimize for a deal, yeah, you may get some revenue lift, right? But in the long run, if you actually don't care about customer experience, they are, customers going to leave, right? Mm -hmm. But if you actually optimize the customer experience, right, maybe in the short term, right, it won't give you the, the, the revenue lift that you wanted, right? But over the long run, customers are gonna realize that, hey, this company is awesome, right? I'm actually gonna like, you know, 
do business with them and continue to do business with them for my first of my life or right. I'm gonna you know encourage my children my friend and, and advocate about this, this company's you know service so that's actually a much longer term view right so you know but as we know that most business sometimes can be a little bit short-sighted but <laughs> <laughs> all right so I got a question that has nothing to do with AI <laughs> all right zero uh, <laughs> I know, and you know I know this, you are a major league foodie, <laughs> like a major league foodie. Okay, and now you're a major league foodie, but you could literally have another career as a restaurant critic and food <laughs> photographer, right? <laughs> I think one third of all internet traffic are your food photographs, <laughs> right? So uh, I need to know, because I don't think I've ever actually asked you this in all these years, what is your actual, like, the dining experience of your life, you and Margie, what was wow. the greatest dining experience of your life? At least um, one that you can point to with a great deal of uh, happiness. Okay. Uh, do I get only one chance? No. <laughs> you can take 20. As many as you want. All right, I mean, I, I, okay, that's, that's easier. Well, I mean, you you one do is have a keynote to go to, so. Yeah. <laughs> That too. So one one is actually kind of hard. I would say that you know I think there there are some dining experiences that are just I would say you know extraordinary. I would okay. say that you know. So one is this uh, certainly this restaurant in, in Amsterdam. Okay. And yeah. it's it's a restaurant called uh, by the name after the uh, artist the Dutch artist uh, Ramir. Yeah. Okay. And. You know, obviously the food was spectacular, and you know the presentation is, is beautiful, right? You know they, you know they have when they actually have, have Brussels sprout, they take out the whole Brussels sprout and they cut a little <laughs> no piece kidding. out for you. Right? And the most amazing thing about this restaurant is that they actually, you know, the the servers, the staff, you know, they're they're very observant. You know, like when you are just talking or anything, you know, they, you know, they almost like they're not there. Nobody's there, wow. and then. Um, but you, anytime you kind of lift up your head, or you know, they, they immediately come to your service. And, and the, the, the really interesting is that, like, they seem to be self-coordinating among themselves, too. You know? yeah. And all the dishes <coughs> when they came out, and you know, sometimes there were two people kind of, you know, um, but they all come and the plates hit the table all at once. And then when they, wow. when they come gather the, wow. the, the uh, utensils and, and flatware away, every, everything was picked up in the order. You know, and, <laughs> one at a time, and they're just, it's very well coordinated, you know, it's I just, just very, very interesting. Vermeer. So, Vermeer, yes. So that was a, a one that I, I find, you know, really extraordinary. And another one is this, uh, I would say, a French restaurant um, and, uh, by the name of Pertinence. Where is this? Pertinence, in, in, in Paris. In Paris. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we, of course, the, the food is, is it's again spectacular. It's just delicious, right? And it's, it has a little bit of we like it a lot because it's kind of French, but has a tint of kind of Asian fusion to it. Okay. Because the sure. chef, one of the chef is is Japanese and the other one is Malaysian, <laughs> and so it's it's a very interesting fusion. But it's French, you know, and um, yeah. So and then one time we were there, and then we, we actually were, we spoke just without knowing that there's actually no one else booking wow. uh, for, for lunchtime because we didn't have time and then so but then that we actually pretty much had the whole restaurant to ourselves. Really? Yeah. That alone and would make it cool. Yeah and, and it's a beautiful restaurant and uh, it's a small it's not not a big restaurant but it's, uh, it's just amazing. So I, I just yeah so these two are I would say um, very unique. Yeah. I know I've had 
some of those similar experiences. <laughs> you know, Chick-fil-A <laughs> and uh, Five Guys is also, you know. <laughs> Burger good. Bar in San Francisco. Burger, Burger Bar is also Burger up there, too. Burger Bar is actually, yeah, <laughs> that's the one we can all agree on. There we go. <laughs> Let's all go there next time we're in San Francisco. <laughs> um, you know what? I don't doubt we will. <laughs> All right, I know we're getting kind of close to the big keynote, so I know you got to run. But uh, any last words? Where do we see AI, or should I start with machine learning, mm -hmm. then AI? <laughs> but where do you see us in five years with this stuff? I think in five years, a lot more of our work is going to be automated. Okay, so the mundane kind of, uh, I would say, uh, the, the most boring, repetitive, mundane part of our work, you know, they, they should be automated. Yes. I, I feel mm -hmm. like I feel like you know a lot of people fear that you know computer or machine taking our, our job. I, th I think we've been doing you know mundane, repetitive job for too long. Right. You know that that those, I think those jobs should have been done by machine. Right. <laughs> you know? Doing so, better. Right? Yeah. So and where you know humans should focus on what humans do best right i mean for example building relationships right being empathetic to people right? Right. and finding and solve problem i mean so if you solve the problem once or twice right then you could teach the machine and the machine could to solve it you know and you know if there's a situation the same problem arises that if you the, the previous ways that you solved didn't work then you 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 try to solve it again in a different way, right? And you teach like once you solve it, you teach to the machine so they could automate. So you human could always focus on solving new problem, right. which is of course much more interesting and much more right. exciting, right? So yeah, and it's not like there's ever going to be a shortage of problems wherever humans are concerned. So exactly, <laughs> I, I don't see that going. <laughs> <No. away. laughs> so. Well, this has been great. One problem yeah. I'd like to solve is how do you get out of Vegas? You don't. Yeah, you just. This is here. the twilight zone. This is the twilight <laughs> We're zone. We're in it finally. We're in it. And I'm Brent Leary. And I'm Paul Greenberg. We are the CRM players, and we're still finding a way out of Vegas. Hopefully. And we like to say we're out, but we're not. We'll never be out, but we're out. <laughs> That's it. That was